All right, welcome back to another episode of Lost in the Deep End. This is a to infinity and beyond edition. Hopefully we don't have any sort of technical difficulties and we get this one off smooth sailing. We've had a little bit of issues uh, trying to record. I, Dude, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a lot of issues. This is my buddy Adam I have with me and uh, we're going to talk about some psychedelic related stuff. And uh, actually after this, Adam is going to sit in on... You'd be the first person to ever see me do my psychedelic yoga. And you're a perfect person for it. I guess, even though I said we had all those technical difficulties, they don't really need to know about it. But I didn't even realize that my computer has its own microphone. So we were recording from that. We were sitting there troubleshooting the microphones. Oh, we were looking at the cables and <laughs> nothing was working. And the next thing you know, it's trying to record from the actual computer itself. There's a chance... There's definitely a chance that there's something up with my mixing board, but there's also a chance there was something up with the headphones, and there was also a chance something was up with the auxiliary cord. So I'm sure it's not all of that, um, but it's definitely something. So things seem normal. We don't have headphones on, so we can't hear ourselves, um, but I'm sure we sound amazing. I'll tell you, I'll get right into it. Well, Adam, you're going to be a guest that I have on multiple times. You're, you're a good, you're a good friend of mine. Um, we, I, we have conversations where it's just like we could talk on end and I feel like every time I, I hang out with you, we do a podcast. Yeah. Basically we do a two infinity and beyond every time we hang every out. single time, because you know, like as we go through this, like I'm still doing psychedelics, you're still doing psychedelics. And so these experiences that we've been sharing in the past that have helped us both grow a little bit, we're still accumulating those experiences. So I feel like every time I talk to you, like there's something new that either I've, I've thought about or discovered or experienced through, you know, the psychedelic aspect of life. Right. And, and you know, what is cool about it too, is you also are into, you have a history of being involved in the fitness thing in a pretty broad spectrum from, from serious, uh, strength training to more alternative kind of Eastern practices to, um, you know, you're definitely a Jack of all trades guy. Like you're the first person I, I was around a buddy of mine who was good at Tai Chi and he was from Korea. I don't know if that's popular over there, but I imagine it's more popular than it is here. And he was very impressive, but I never really talked to him about it much. I've been around people who've done it. You're the first person that even though we only like you showed me a little bit and we practiced a little bit, you're like the first person that made me consider that kind of stuff. And we've talked at length with what I call this thing yoga. You've seen some of my videos. I call all of these practices under the yoga spectrum, but you could just as easily talk about the art of balance, the tension in the body, the kinetic linkage, the, the finger connecting to the core, connecting to the toes and all that. That is just as much of a, of a Tai Chi practice in a way as it is a yoga practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like all of these aspects, all it is, is is you're sitting there and you're looking at the level of energy inside of you and you're trying to manipulate it in some way. I mean, whether it be yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, it could even be jujitsu or anything like that. But um, like where psychedelics come in for me on this is, so I've been practicing Tai Chi pretty much my entire life since I was 18. And it wasn't until I had like some profound experiences on psychedelics. And I feel like I can legitimately feel that energy. I can feel that connection between, you know, when I have a proper stance in my foot, I can feel the level of connection all the way into my core and then out to my arm as well. Yeah. And so it, like it fundamentally changed how I looked at it. And even when I did practice on psychedelics, like it changed how I practiced. 
Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, just since I've known you, I've known you towards the beginning of your psychedelic journey. When I met you, you had yep. had some mushroom experiences. Very few, and, like two. And it had been like recent, you yeah. know? Um, you know, so long story short with that, I've seen a lot of this journey and then we've shared a lot of experiences that for me to have somebody on, I only have a couple people, our mutual friend, um, how we met is somebody that I have a lot of mutual ex- experience with, with psychedelics. But believe it or not, just due to the nature in which we've talked about it, out of everybody that I've been around, you're somebody I've shared the most with and have matured thoughts with the most out of everything in this spectrum. I want to get off though. I just want to say thank you for that, Mike. I, oh. I really appreciate that. Dude, it, it goes, it goes <laughs> both ways. Um, I, I try to keep it real so I don't blow smoke up people's ass when I say it. And I've told you before, like the only reason we don't hang out way more is because I'm involved in so much shit. You're like the only friend that I go out of my way to see on just a friend level. Like they don't happen to do jujitsu with me. They're not somebody I work out with. They're even though we we try to incorporate the music that we do whatever, there are times we just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's something I, I'm that, also a hermit, right? So like it's yeah. hard it's hard for me to <laughs> it's hard for me to interact with people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I okay, one sec. All right, cool. I just wanted to mess with levels for a second, but um sound wise. But yeah, and, and that works out for me because you're you're able to be free a lot of the it works out scheduling wise. But so I mean like you've had you've had so many experiences, right? And, and even you said, like, when I detail some of my experiences to you, I'm like, Mike, is this <laughs> what is this, Mike? You've yeah. you've done all this shit. Like, did some like is there something different about what happened over here or, or what have you? And it's yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. It, I'm very curious. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting. I you know what I would like to do though, uh, in the beginning of this, like just to kind of I would love to know what was like the most pivotal moment whether it be on what was like the first heavy wave of holy shit my mind has changed now i have experienced something was it your first mushroom experience was it like what was like the biggest heavy wave of oh my god i'm a new human being and life is different now so there's a there's like a couple of answers to this right so i can definitely tell you it wasn't my first My first experience, there wasn't really much out of it. Um, Secondly, I could give you an exact date. I actually could give you an exact date because I keep a trip journal. Ever since, um, I want to say my first trip, I was like, okay, that was a really unique experience. Like, I want to start recording this and I want to see what happens later on down the road. So the experiences that you are asking about, I could legitimately pull from one of my notebooks and tell you a, a day. Wow. That it actually happened because that's how curious I was about these things. And I'd done, um, I'd done a lot of research about them and I didn't know what to expect until uh, I, I tried it myself. But that being said, right, so let's go back to this. Um, it, it was a couple of experiences in and um, it's never during the trip. It's never during the actual experience itself. The experience itself, you're experiencing, right? You're not thinking, you're not processing anything. You're literally, yeah. you're your body, whatever it is, something shuts down and you are just like experiencing things on a visceral level to where you know it, you know, you know, without question. Um, it isn't until the come down predominantly with me, it's the come down and, or a couple hours later, you know, you, the two hours of sleep you get after a long night of tripping. Um, but, um, yeah, so it was one day, uh, I, I want to say it was 
probably about five trips in. Um, uh, two and a half, three grams. This is probably somewhere around there. And, um, oh, actually, let me, I'm going to back up a little bit. I had had a couple of experiences and nothing major happened. My friends and I, we decided to go out to the woods and we brought a fucking shit ton of mushrooms with us and weed and everything else. And um, I thought I was being cute. I wanna, I'm going to start there. I thought I was being cute and I was just like, I'm just going to keep eating. They're like, you're not going to measure that? And I said, no, why would I measure that? That's stupid. <laughs> Don't disrespect the mushrooms, friend. Do not disrespect them. They will let you know. I promise you that. So I was sitting there and I was munching on these mushrooms. And I, I love these things, by the way. I love how they taste and everything. So I could give two shits. So I'm sitting there uh, munching away at these things. And I'm thinking everything's going to be fine because I'd had a couple experiences. And the couple experiences I'd had before on about two and a half grams, two and a half, maybe three grams top. So I had never actually had a full experience yet. And so I went into this thing like ballsy as hell going, I can handle anything. I'm glad that is probably one of my most profound trips because um I wasn't ready I had come in with full of ego and no humility whatsoever like fuck these mushrooms I got this shit um and I'm hanging out with my friends and we're sitting around the campfire and um I look up at the trees and everything starts to tessellate it looks like a fucking cathedral of trees as like the sun had just said it was probably one of the most gorgeous uh, things that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and then uh, the world would get really fucked up and I'd have to look at the fire a little bit to, to come back to reality, which didn't exist at that point. I was done. Um, and, that's, and that's when some shit got weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I get into my own head about everything. Uh, my whole purpose behind doing psychedelics is to try to process a lot of trauma that I've had in my life. Right. That's good you bring that up because I was going to ask you about that kind of stuff because I know you're somebody that's worked out a lot. But yeah, so, so keep going. But that's good timing you said that. Yes. Yeah, so um, my whole point of doing psychedelics, honest to God, like, yeah, I wanted an experience and everything, but I was, I was at such a place in my life I couldn't be happy. I was, I, uh, God, I mean, honestly, I couldn't tell you how many times I probably tried to die, right? Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm feeling rough. So psychedelics come in and when you start having these experiences and you set your intention to process this trauma, you do not know how it's going to show up. That does right. not always look pretty. Your trauma does not look pretty. I just want to throw that out there because you know, you can go out and you can do mushrooms at a rave or listen to music or things like that. That's one thing. And that's fine. Anybody can have a good time on them. Um, it's when you set that intention to process your trauma, that's when, and it's not even a bad trip at the time you might think it's a bad trip. It is the best trip you have ever had. It's a good point. Very yeah. Good point. It is this seriously. I mean, I agree. So, um, I felt it. I felt the trauma coming on. It was like full anxiety. And it, you know, you can say you've experienced anxiety, but you've never experienced anxiety on mushrooms. And yes. Yeah, so uh, I asked my friends, and I said, hey guys, listen, I'm tripping pretty hard, can you just throw me in the tent, and I'm going to figure this shit out, and so they did, they threw me in the tent, and I went places, right, inside of my head that I never wanted to go or be any ever, like, I, it was miserable, so I sat there for a couple hours in my tent, and I processed a whole bunch of shit, and um, no bullshit, when I stopped tripping, I opened, I unzipped my tent, I was a fucking sweaty mess, I took my shirt off and I, it felt like I had just been born. 
I'm not even kidding because I, I went and I, I packed a bowl. I was just like, holy fuck, what just happened? Um, and a question showed up in my head. I was like, I don't even know what I like right now. I don't know. I don't know what my opinions are. I don't know what my interests are. I don't know. I don't know who I am. I don't know the shit that I like. You, you know, were munching. <laughs> yeah, you were right. munching, dude. Yeah. You were liking the taste of them motherfuckers, dude. You were, yeah, you were chewing them up good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking went. I went to town on those fucking things, well, dude. Okay, so this is a question for you. Um, I would like to know when you feel like, look, this is an interesting thing you brought up. And sometimes I've noticed something that, that feels a lot like what you just said, and I've never really articulated it. Sometimes I feel like I am processing anxiety and trauma without literally processing the exact situation. And sometimes I get the extreme feeling of anxiety, the extreme feeling of something traumatic and heightened that is very hard to put my finger on. Like, it's not like, oh, this is me working out, you know, shit I had with my mom growing up. This is me working out, you know, maybe a breakup I had or, or even like just extreme difficult times financially or whatever. Sometimes I feel like I'm just processing emotions that I have felt and I'm feeling them I'm, I'm feeling them leave me without actually knowing what is leaving me. And I don't know if that's what you meant when you said you were just feeling heavy anxiety, you were just processing it, or were you literally processing, it was probably a mixture of both, I would imagine, but were you literally like, oh, okay, I'm having flashbacks, I'm specifically processing this traumatic moment. Um, so... I think what you bring up is a really good question, right? Um, because I know exactly what you're talking about when you talk about processing that emotion and, and, and however it ends up coming up, right? So that emotion could be masked as anxiety, but what it really is is actually like a fear of something or it's, a, uh. um, it's, it's an aspect of yourself that you don't want to acknowledge. And so it's the anxiety saying, I'm not going to let you touch that. I'm not going to let you see that until you know you deal with whatever like if you're not even looking at it okay so let's say you um and this is a just a really run-of-the-mill example let's say you're afraid of heights okay and your whole life you've been afraid of heights and you don't know why but you know you're trying to process when you were a kid and maybe your parents dangled you over a, a bridge or a, a deck or something right uh -huh. um so let's say uh your fear of heights is getting in the way of your life and you say all right well i'm gonna do something about this i'm gonna go do psychedelics and i'm going to process my fear of heights so you go, you take a shit ton of mushrooms and you set the intention and you say, we're going to, why am I scared of heights, mushrooms? Like, let's have this conversation. The anxiety comes in then, right? Because you start thinking about the heights. Yes. Okay. But you don't know why that anxiety is there. You're just like fucking heights. Holy shit. Like, I can't do this right now. It's too tall. Or, You're intentionally throwing yourself to the fire. Yes. Man. You want to work out what you've worked out. That's what, this the, is what it was. It's setting me, dude, I didn't learn about setting my intention truly until one time DMT smacked me across the face and it's like, dude, you do realize that you can choose to work out some shit. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, put it in your back pocket. Like I needed to be told like yeah. you, you came in ahead of the game there because I think a lot of people who have sort of a literal or a very scientific approach to things who happen to like psychedelics, they don't, they don't like I don't want to say play into the more sensationalized, maybe 
hippy dippy, whatever. So when you say to set your intention to somebody who's very matter of fact and literal, <laughs> they wouldn't think that you could possibly tell yourself to, to, you know, work out something. And then it actually comes to you in this moment of you barely even know what's what left isn't left up isn't up. You're not you, but you somehow find yourself processing so exactly what you want. Consider to. this, right? Here's, this is a, a really fun topic right now. So consider this, you can either a set your intention. Okay. You can either A, set your intention or B, let your subconscious set your intention for you. And guess what? If your subconscious sets your intention for you, it's going to fuck you up. Boom. Dude, so, that is story of my bad experience yeah, so, when I was so more infantile. That is your choice, right? Your choice is to either let the mushrooms know where you want to go or you let your brain, which we all know who, I mean, who doesn't have all this self-loathing and negative self-speak and all this other shit? I, th I don't want my subconscious running the show. Fuck no. That's what I'm, that's the whole point of me doing psychedelics is to come back and get control of my subconscious is because I grew yeah. up, I, I grew up in a, in a shitty fucking household. And so now I don't know how to speak to myself properly. And that's the shit that's coming out in my subconscious. The whole point of me going in with psychedelics is to change that. Yeah, dude, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that, that makes a lot of sense. I, if, if anybody's listening to this, setting your intention and choosing your path and letting psychedelics synergize to that and play their role to that is huge. I mean, I'm not saying it's as simple as like be extremely selfish and only think about yourself and like, you know, say, oh, uh, pray to get this girl that I like or whatever. But, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's your world. It's your way. I mean, whatever your intentions are, whatever you would like to work out and, and it might help you build bizarre confidences and unlock the person and, and be empowered in the way that you could come to it with anything that you would like to. And at the very least, see what happens in what's like you said, what's the alternative? Yeah. You're it fucking beats, subconscious. We've seen what our being, subconscious do. So yeah. You know, we sit here and we talk about intentions. We talk about working on things, but that's not all that you can do. So, I mean, I've set intentions where, hey, I'm going to take these mushrooms to listen to some music and fuck off tonight and have a good time. And guess what I do? I listen to music and I fuck off and I have a good time. Right. You know, it doesn't always have to be, hey, let me process how this fucking person wronged me 30 years ago. You know, it's not yeah. always that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes your body, your soul, your mind, whatever you want to call it, um, it needs a fucking breather. And you know that. And you know that even better when you're on psychedelics. A hundred percent, man. And you know, and it can, and, and the cool thing that people forget about psychedelics, I think DMT shows a lot of people this, but you know, there is a sense of humor and there is a, a, a fun side of this stuff. Yep. It's not as literal as saying, well, I, I, you know, if you only want to use them just to have fun, they might bite you in the ass. Right. But at the I, same time, don't be so fucking serious that you don't realize that these things can be fun and you can choose to have a good time. You can say, I'm going to take eight hours to have a blast and just listen to music and dance and have fun and, and learn. One lesson I learned early on, dude, and, I, and I'm so happy this happened, was I had a sort of talk with myself about the way I treat myself in my own head. And it was like me talking to myself like, Hey dummy, like let's have fun together. Like, why don't you laugh when it's just us? Right. Why don't you, right. Why Am don't I you not fun? Be funny? Are you not a kid? Yeah. Like, like, like you used to have so much fun as a kid. You used to enjoy doing stuff by yourself and like entertaining yourself. Like, 
Get in touch with that dude. If you can do that, nobody can break your spirit. Don't yeah. be, don't be have fun. codependent in, in that sort of nature. Be able to enjoy your own company and treat yourself, you know, hold yourself to a high standard, have good goals. You make the most of this life, but, but be your own friend. Be yeah. there's, and, and I remember I, I told myself this, I was like the one thing that you will never be able to do is get away from yourself. You'll always be there. So if you don't like it, if you don't like the person that you are, if you constantly are beating yourself up, if you can't enjoy your own headspace, you, there's nothing worse. Nothing can fix that. Once you fix that, everything else can be a positive add-on. Like when they talk about like, getting a lot of money or all these things, getting a hot girlfriend, all these materialistic things. Like as long as you have a positive, happy relationship with your own headspace and your own sense of self, all of those things are fucking amazing add-ons. But it's thinking that those things are going to replace or or work in lieu of building a healthy relationship with yourself. So, so you keep keying on something right here that I want to, I like, I also want to key in on, and that's the whole relationship aspect. So as we started talking about this, we were talking about how we can, um, how the, what you're doing with your mushrooms about setting your intentions. We said, okay, you can work on stuff or you can have fun. Um, and then through that, you were just talking about the relationship with yourself. So I feel everything is a relationship. If you look at everything like a relationship, like a relationship with yourself or, or your higher power or your mushrooms or whatever, like that's what it is. It's a relationship. So it's whatever you have established with that substance. And that substance could be a thought. That substance could be an energy. That substance could be another human. So it really is that relationship that you have established. And so as, as I've learned when you, you do hear that negative self-speak and you start building that better relationship with yourself, that is the first substance that you should always work on, right? And that's like everything that you learn from the mushrooms is, right. you know, learning how to love yourself just like a little bit more in the different angles because we are so stuck in who we are every day. I'm the guy that wears this shirt. I'm the guy that drives this truck. I'm the guy that does this, that we cannot see ourselves for what we might actually be. And so when you get booted out of that, right? Because we've been living this every day and this is the parts of us that we hate. The parts of us that we hate are the parts of us that we have lived every single day of our lives that we cannot escape. When you escape that a little bit with the mushrooms, you look at it from a completely different perspective. I look at it from Mike's perspective. Mike looks at it from Adam's perspective and you go, holy fuck, I am not a piece of shit. And that's when right. everything changes is that day, is that day that it changes your perception and you realize that that day-to-day -day person you have hated for so fucking long really isn't that bad. And there's a lot of really amazing attributes that you have available to you. Right. And, you know, and, and I think everybody should have the ability to see a good person within themselves. There might be a lot of things that they need to come to terms with. There might be a lot of history that they need to realize it's not them like like I always look back to there's a big debate and I don't want to go down this road too thoroughly <laughs> because this is something that and I did I have somebody that wants to come on and just talk about this and I feel like I feel like I have a, a good argument ready um but she's <laughs> she wanted to talk about whether or not evil exists and she wanted to talk about how there is no such thing as evil and I've heard this kind of stuff discussed my thing is this everything is is subjective 
as it possibly can be. So evil exists in a very specific moment, right? Nobody is a liar or not a liar, but some people lie often enough and large enough that we call them liars, right? Nothing, ex there's no such thing as black or white as evil or not evil. So like there might be somebody that's done a lot of extremely evil things, extremely heinous things, far more maybe than you or I could. And they're going to have to come to terms or balance that out or, or find ways to appreciate the positive effect that they can have. But I think it's very important to realize that there is probably hope for everybody who is willing to think of what they're doing now. What am I doing now? And what am I building for the future? And what do I not want to do again from my past? Because I truly believe there are people out there, I see this a lot in like the, the really bad off sort of addiction, people who've gone down heroin addiction and, and amphetamine addiction to the point where they've stolen from their family members, maybe they've like really fucked up people's lives and, and maybe they've done some evil shit even more than that. Maybe they've like smacked a girl in like a manic sort of thing. Maybe they, I, mean, I don't know, but I think a lot of people carry that sort of thing. And when they look at a psychedelic, they're like, I can't face myself. I cannot face that person that I know I've been and I'm going to see it, but I don't. And it's not like I think people like that need to immediately just run and do psychedelics, but I think it's important. Something I love to try to spread is that Anybody is capable of not doing more consciously evil things. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So uh, w one of the things that that kind of comes to me is um, I I really try to work on being present. So that's one of the things. That's actually one of my favorite things to do. Is I'll go and I'll either take a microdose or I will take a, a like a macro, you know, like a, a gram and a half, two grams, and I'll meditate on it. And I'll try to become present. And that what that present tense does is it removes like all of that past and and it kind of has spurned different practices inside of me. And one of those practices is to look at myself as somebody new every single day. Because what I've noticed over the last few years is, yeah, my personality does change based on the experiences that I have for that day. And everything, because you're just like responding and everything. So like there are multiple aspects to you and you have to love every single one of those aspects. So before I even like get up, before I even look at my phone, before I even do that, like the first thought that I try to have in my head is no matter who the fuck this person is, it's showing up today. I fucking love them. Like that's like, right. before, like before anything. Before I put on, you know, clothes or anything else, like it literally is who am I, who I am before this, who I am every day, no matter what it looks like, I have to accept that, love it and appreciate it. And, and that's what, you know, the whole point is me talking about being present, right? Is you do, you forget about your past. So whatever happened yesterday is something that happened yesterday. Um, I want to be able to look at myself, not from that perspective. I want to look at myself from the perspective of where I'm at right now because it erases that past. Whatever things that I have judged myself for in the past, it just makes them disappear. And so when I interact with people, I interact with them based on like right now. I don't interact on with somebody based on, you know, oh, you fucking wronged me three years ago. Who gives a shit? Like seriously, who gives a shit? Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, don't get me wrong, there are people out there who hold bizarre grudges. But I am of the nature and I just have come to realize that I just assume that others who have done something wrong to me probably are the ones holding on to that and feeling that way more than I feel as a result of having the wrong thing 
been done to me. I mean, I can't say on extremely heinous things, but for instance, okay, I had a guy screw me over for a few hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I mean, I really don't care. It's not something Maybe when I was younger, I would have like held a vendetta, but there came, I didn't care at all. And I've seen this person again and they feel it tremendously. They are still carrying on to the fact that they screwed me over and it was over 300 bucks. I mean, I really, I could, <laughs> I really couldn't care less and they still feel it. And that's a more difficult thing for them to live with than me. And because well, you, you got to forgive yourself. Right. And that's tough. Th- that's, that's fucking what you're really, talking about. That's really yeah. fucking tough, man. Like I, I have memories, dude. I remember a time <laughs> I, I lied about, this is so crazy. I didn't lie about it, but I didn't tell them. I was helping a friend and I was only 19 at the time. And I was helping a friend with a car. They needed to pick up a car from the shop or whatever it was. So we drove together and then I drove their vehicle home for them. That's what it was, right? So they they drove me to the to the garage, the, the mechanic, and then I drove their vehicle back. And they drove the vehicle they drove. That makes sense, right? As I was pulling out the front end, I couldn't see it very well. I noticed that it felt like it like scraped or hit this like stone retaining wall. And when I got back to the place, I saw there were a few scratches on the fender, okay? I was so nervous. You know, the brevity of it felt so heavy. I didn't want to tell them. I didn't have the money to pay for something like that. I just assumed that they would be so furious. I didn't realize maybe how understanding somebody could be about it, or maybe it didn't really matter to them at all. And I never told them. And you know, that memory comes up in my head. If, if not, if not once a month, dude, it still pops in like you would not believe. And it's so funny. It's hard to forgive yourself for certain things. And it's hard to come to terms with certain things. And you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about like, you know, you you waking up being a different person and then realizing like, you know, you're not the the judgment thing. Like we are not our experiences. We do not have to be our experiences. We can carry our experiences with us, but we are not the experiences. The experiences happen and then we move on. Like that's, that's how life works. Yeah. So like, yeah, you are not your experience. If you choose to hold on to experience, that's you. No one else is going to know about that except for you. Right. No, uh, uh, a thousand percent. Um, yeah, man, I, I want to, I think, I think maybe we should hold off talking about like DMT (laughs) intensely until like the next time we talk, because that's something we could definitely go down the road on. And it doesn't, honestly, you know what I'd like to do too, since people don't know you and I I don't, I know you, we don't want to actually give out your literal info. So you, you can't find Adam anywhere and he doesn't exist. But, uh, <laughs> other than that, you, it's funny. Cause like, I feel like this, you and I are the type of person like this, when we're talking about something, if nobody knows us outside of that, they're just going to assume that that is like us. Like when I'm in my jujitsu atmosphere, people probably look at me like that is Mr. Fucking jujitsu. Yeah. Like I, the way I talk about it, the way I think about it. And we have a similar way with, with psychedelics. But you have um, a history of, I mean, I, I, it's no big deal to say that you were, mili- you were yeah. mil- military, um, you've been involved in a lot of different things over the years. We talked about how you've done different practices. And when you talk about anything, you can talk about it pretty much like the way you talk about psychedelics. That is something that is, I would say, distinctly psychedelics definitely cater to that type of person. Like people like us yeah, so like, I mean, would like, be interested. Once so, you get interested in something, like that's right. it, you, you follow it to the end. You yeah. say, I want to know everything about it. 
you and I are that person to the T and it's almost interesting. Like when somebody like me and you first meets each other, we almost always are like, like <laughs> not judging, but it's like, is this person bullshitting me? Are they really, this? Yeah, do they really yeah. know all this? What, what's their thing? And then it's like, as they prove themselves over time, you're like, Oh my God, this is They're somebody not bullshitting. that really knows. Yeah, this yeah. Shit. He really did read all these books. He really does know what he's talking about. He really is. And he's, you know, it, things align and you're like, Oh my God. And then you develop this funny respect. It's something that people like us probably can relate to. And I think that definitely caters to the psychedelic thing, but it's, it's fun to be able to talk about something like it's your everything and then go to work and not be that person because people don't understand. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a saying that, that I love and it's, you can have, I forget who said it, but it's, you can have a great relationship with, with spirituality, with psychedelics, with God, with all that jazz. But you got to remember your own zip code. And like, you're the type of person like, yeah, you might sometimes have your, your meditation room and you might have it looked a certain way or whatever, but you're not Mr. Fucking Mushroom Man. Right. You know, you, you, you are a relatable person. You drive, like you said, you drive your truck, you, you wear your clothes. You're a normal dude who, who lives yep. a normal life, who also has this passion and you're equally passionate about your favorite music, your favorite, whatever. And if, if somebody is like that, I can't imagine them not appreciating what, what I don't even know what you would call that a personality type. It, it, it's, I think it exists in people who have dealt with extreme trauma and need to distract themselves from just their flat state and did kind of run from parts of their life. Like I can remember what it was like to like need to, I, I watched movies on end. I used to, when I was at my mom's house, when I was younger, I, and I didn't want to be with her and it's nothing against her. I love my mom, but at the time just shit happened and I thought I hated her guts. And at the time I really did, you know, yeah. but well, when I was over there for four years of my life, when I was away from my brother, which was every Wednesday and every other weekend, I would lock myself in the room, just watch movies, maybe sports, maybe play a little bit of games, but mainly watch movies. I would make her put the food at the door I would grab the food and I would, I would not eat in front of her. If I saw her, it was fuck you. I hope you die. Like extreme yeah, shit, yeah. dude. I'm an extreme person. You know, you know what I, so with you telling this story, like, so I, I got some similar shit and, um, I, what I wonder is this, is the reason that we go down these rabbit holes because of the trauma, right? So, and like you, but I want to kind of expand upon that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it because we have to take extreme interest in something in order to overcome the extreme trauma? So if it is just of menial interest, if we're just kind of interested in it, we don't give two shits, right? We have to be extremely interested in it because that shit that's going on in the back of your heads, all the trauma and everything that you've experienced, it will overpower it unless you have an extreme interest in it. And what happens when you have an extreme interest in something? You're automatically going to go down that rabbit hole. So yeah. like, are, like, are they like synergistic, right? So I mean consider this the yin and the yang, right? The, the dark and the light, the dark part is you have to experience tremendous amounts of trauma in order to have that kind of a mindset. The bonus here is though, you now have that kind of a mindset and you fucking, yeah. you will discover shit that other people couldn't even dream of just because of your level of interest and how far you go down the rabbit hole on things. And that's to anything. 
Yeah, everything seems to be of extreme conscious awareness to the point where like even if you exist in a fairly neutral middle of the line state, it's with such extreme intention, awareness and purpose and like it's what you really want to do. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's not, it's you just sitting at home all day jerking off and hating your life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's funny how that works. You, you bring up a good point. I think it's hard. Here's the problem about the human experience. It's nice to sum it up as being, we need framework like that. We need to realize that, that traumatic things might cause this sort of balancing. This effect causes this reaction, et cetera. It's very abstract and we are a result of millions and millions of balances. We are a result of millions and millions of yins and yangs. And that is definitely something that identifies um, us. And when you have extreme, for, for me, I even think just being gravitating towards extreme things like as a kid, you know, I wonder if being super into WWF, which is very over the top. If that pushed me in a direction, you know, being into MTV, fuck you music and like, like rage yeah. against the machine, all that at a young age, like at like eight and, 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 and seven years old being into all that stuff, that's a factor, but definitely the fact that new metal for me, like Slipknot came out at the peak of, I fucking hate my mother, you yeah. know, like it was the same that's time. A, that's dude. some perfect music for that. Perfect. Shit. Yeah. Dude. So I, I went down that hardcore and then my brother was older than me. So by ninth grade, I was going to, to concerts. This is crazy. I, I hope this doesn't <laughs> give me trouble, but I, I, I was like an, an edgy kid. I would, this is another thing that can cause balances. I was fucking robbing this place that I worked for. Not crazy. It's not worth fucking investigating, but it was enough to have extra money. I had a way of like skimming cash out of this bitch. Yeah. I knew a guy who was doing it as, as well. And it is what it is. That's what I was doing. And, uh, I, I would use this extra money to just buy music <laughs> movies. I didn't have to pay for anything. I would pay older kids at school to take me to concerts. My brother couldn't take me to like, I was the guy who had an extra few hundred bucks at the end of the week. That's right? fucking cool. And yeah, it was pretty cool uh, at the time. And I always had the framework of making it work ethically. Like this is not something I've felt bad about this over the year. And it's definitely not the type of like, like uh, karma I want to invite in my life, but I did not like these people and they were very shitty to me in a lot of weird ways. So, but, but I mean, well, I still put it out there now, Mike, I say no judgment for me. I fucking, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's done, totally done. fine. I dude, I, another thing I did, that's like the only thing like that I really did, but I also used to walk out of Walmart with full shopping carts, dude. <laughs> Just used to just load the card up and walk out. Man, they don't care. They yeah. don't give a shit. They're yeah. fucking robbing us blind anyway. I, I know. Yeah, who so, feel, you can't yeah. feel bad about that. <laughs> that one I'll say, come at me, Walmart. I'll go down for that one. Sink this shit, bitch. I don't care. Uh, so anyway, I mean. Come get your podcast. The way it ties back, though, um, is that. I would go to, con I was able to not only have all the music and movies I could ever want, I could go into the store and ask the cool looking guy, hey dude, pick out three albums you think I might like in a couple movies. The crazier, yeah. the better. And I'd find people and if I liked what they picked, I'd come back to them and they loved me, man. I mean, that's like, that's like a record store guy's like wet dream. Right. Like you're coming in and you're basically saying, dude, what's your, what's your suggestion? I'm going to come back and I'm going to have this shit memorized. I'm going to love it because you're cool and I want to be like you. Yeah. I was the guy, I, I saw their people, I wanted to be more like them, like the older kids who had cool tastes, who looked like they got attractive girls, my type of people, smart, they knew shit about stuff, and even if they were pretentious or, or, or a douche, at the time they just seemed cool. Well, anyway, I, my brother and I 
would go to all these concerts because I could just pay, buy any concert tickets we wanted to go to. So we would just browse the auto bar, the sidebar, you know, um, Fletcher's. We, we would go to like three or four concerts a week and we would choose concerts where you could go into mosh pits. Now tell me from ninth grade until I was about 19, I, I probably averaged at least a mosh pit a week. Tell me that doesn't shape who you are. That's fucking awesome, by the tell, way. I, I fucking love mosh pits. Yeah, tell yeah. me that doesn't make you more something. Tell me that's not like an extreme effect and, and molding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but like the whole reason like we're searching these things out, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why we're seeking those things anyway. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I was the same way. Um, God. You talk about the mother stuff. Yeah, I know. Same way, dude. I, I, I fucking hated my mom. Um, it was bad. She used to fucking lock me out of the house completely, dude. I'd have to try mm. to break my way in. Nonetheless, what we're getting to um, is um, like, so with this like home life and, and whatnot, like honest to God, it was for me, it was a level of self-destruction. Like I wanted to be in that mosh pit. I wanted to get hit. I wanted to fucking hurt somebody and I wanted yeah. to be hurt. It, it went both ways, you know? And it was just, you know, I think in some ways you just fucking hate yourself. Right. And so you go out there and, um, and you just don't, you don't give two shits and you'll be, you'll be 10 yeah. times more reckless than the other person. You know what it really brought out of me, which I, I feel very good for this because in ways it shaped me to be the person I am in, a, in what I think is somewhat of a positive uh, manner at the very least is I used to hope somebody really deserved it. I would save my energy, dude. I would store it up. And if it was uh, every once a year, I would get into a fight <laughs> at school and it, at concerts, we would look for the guy. My brother was the same way. Who was being the dick? Who was the guy who wanted to pick on the small people, the younger people? They'd want to be king of the pit. They'd just be an asshole. They weren't there for the music. <laughs> it was just about being a drunken dick. And that we would come at that motherfucker <laughs> with energy that, that no two kids have ever put together in their lives. Fuck, I, I mean, wish I could have seen that. It, it was unbelievable. Some of the moments like those were some magical moments like this asshole is just, you know, no security guards at certain shows and they're just being the way they are. And my brother, see, it was cool to have a brother like me because even though I'm a fighter and I'm all that. If my brother was mind was put inside of my body, look the fuck out. Because <laughs> when he turns a switch, all of his 95 pound bench pressing ass dude <laughs> is coming at you with killer intention. If you do what he thinks deserves, like serious, he's he's a hot, he's you know it takes a certain person. But if you cross that line, dude, look the fuck. Out. And that's what we would look for. Fortunately, I was never the person that like channeled it in a bully sort of manner. I would seek out the bullies. I would look to try to make the world right. I didn't like the wrong in my life. I didn't like the wrong that I felt like was dealt to me. And I tried equalizing it. I tried standing up for people and, and standing against strong negative ways. So fortunately, I don't have much to work out as far as, I mean, I was I definitely was extreme about it. Like if somebody did something that I thought was, was wrong or, or, or really pissed me off, even if they were, when I was younger, it could have just been somebody making fun of me. Like maybe they would say, Oh, you know, he's a po everyone in music scenes. They call each other's poser oh, God, and they yeah. call each other pussies and all this. So if that got out there, dude, I would definitely make it my mission to make them feel extremely humiliated. Oh yeah. Um, 
But, you know, it's come to shape me in a way I like. It can go both ways because you, you probably remember the kids in school who had a, an old man that beat them up and they came yeah. into school and they wanted to beat everybody up. Yep. They wanted to pick on the defenseless kids, man. And, oh, yeah. and we got to feel bad for those people, too. We have to empathize and understand that, that they've gone that's, through some shit. But well, I mean, like that's like that's the thing. So uh, when I'm on Instagram and everything, I've, of course, I've followed a bunch of psychedelic pages and and all that. And they. They just, they tell you about these things when you do see people like that, right? And it's it's not that they're mad at you, right? It's not that they're taking it out on you. They're taking it out on themselves. And this is how they do it, right? Because we are, what, uh, what is it? We are a mirror of ourselves out in the world. And so, like, the more that you hate yourself, the more that negative self-speak, the more that you take it out on every single human being that's around you. Right. You know, I mean, and, yeah. yeah, so that's, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, um... So I, I want to do, we're, I'm, I'm thinking about whether or not I, what I think I would like to do is this. I think it'd be weird to break this episode into literally two parts. I think we're at the point where it's probably good to take our little intermission and yeah. then wrap it up however we'd like, whether or not we talk specifically about what happens. But I am about to do a, a DMT and I'll tell you kind of like what I'm going to do. I'm really excited it. for this, by the way. Yeah. So basically the way it's going to be, and I'm going to keep it pretty bare bones. It's going to be in like a pretty blank room. I'm not going to like light a bunch of candles and spend a lot of time preparing and all that. But I've kind of mentally prepared about it since, uh, you know, the, the past day or two because I'm competing tomorrow. And sometimes the night before competition, I like to, you know, take a minute to channel myself through DMT, something I have probably the strongest relationship and it's the easiest to do. It's, you know, it's only 15 minutes. I mean, when you get in that headspace, I might stretch it out to more like 30, but regardless, I have never invited anybody to watch me do this, but this is a practice I've told some people about. I'm essentially, I feel what I feel like is happening is this. I feel like I am unwinding. I am moving backwards. I'm undoing tension and weird sort of um, asymmetries and imbalances. I'm undoing thoughts that exist in places of my body. It's processed in really weird ways. Sometimes it's not movement and it's mental. Sometimes it's like conscious pushes in direction. Like I'll try to move my hand a certain way and then I'll find like a groove. But it, it feels distinctly like reverse engineering my life. And that's the practice that I did for, man, I was doing it on and off for up until quarantine hit. And at the beginning of quarantine, I stopped doing jujitsu and I wasn't really working out. I had a, a, a room that I set up with a mat space and, you know, I was like, you know what, this is my time. I'm going to be initiated by myself, how I know how to through this means. And I want to really kind of like get this out of my system. I, I still had a hunger for exploration an extreme hunger for, for psychedelic exploration. And I was like, you know what? I want to just experience it. Now, some people go away to retreats. It was the first time in my life where I was the hermit. Like when you first started experimenting, you got to really focus in on it. And it was more the focal point in your life where even though for me, I've experienced it a lot, sometimes it's been background noise. So yeah. when quarantine hit, I said, I am going to do this as a part of my day. I'm going to think about it during the workday. That's the only thing I have left to do at night. I'm going to come home. I'm going to cross my T's, dot my eyes. I'm going to think of some chores I want to do around the house, get some things done. I'm going to do a workout. 
a yoga practice. I'm going to think about my intention and I'm going to learn more about this place, this headspace or whatever it is that you're going. So this platform that you're about to witness is what I've done the bulk of my practice and learning and probably the most individualized experiencing of, of DMT that I have. Um, so this is one of the, this is one thing that I'm really, really curious about since you and I have first started talking is how do psychedelics incorporate into different practices. Right. And so ever since you told me about that, I've been doing it myself. And so like I, I do some different music practices and, and whatnot. So to see it from you, you've practiced this way more than I have. Like I am really curious to see what it looks like from you. Yeah. And I have no idea how it's going to go. I imagine, um, I'm going to be aware that you're there in a way that, that it's probably going to, but I'm a man, I'm going to really try to like channel it. I'm going to really try to focus on it. I think I'm just going to put a blindfold on You got this man. Keep, you totally keep got keep this. Lights in the room. And I want you to even, I've never had anybody record me doing it. I'd love for you to just hold my phone and keep it pointing somewhere in my direction. I don't, I don't care what happens, but I want to go through with it. And if it looks like I'm doing yoga, it does. And if it looks like I just got knocked out with a baseball bat, it looks like that. If I talk, whatever happens, happens. I'm coming in with the intention of setting myself, readying myself for tomorrow, clearing my mind, re relieving whatever imbalances I've been carrying. And, uh, just, just a practice space for being in that nature. So I'm going to put on an album when the second song starts, I'm going to hit that shit. Um, I, what, I, what I'll probably do is I'll do a small hit at the, this is so if people want, want to know what the process is and it's good to talk about this. Yeah, now, do, so yeah I was going to say I'm doing. the specifics like measure. Do you want to go into measurements too? Nope, as well? I don't okay. even do that. I just load and I've done it enough. Times I mean, you can, you can eye it up. Yeah. I, I always put more in than I would like to do, but I put enough like herb that, that you'd have to really intentionally come at it in order to do more than you would intend to. Does that make sense? So yeah. like I'll put five hits worth of herb in there. So that even if I did a giant rip, it's only going to get a, a percentage of the DMT. So I always load more than I would intend to do. And I can always do more hits. Um, I imagine I'll load it pretty heavy uh, since I'll have you there. And, um, you know, and I'm not going to go insane, but I want to be able to try to do some sort of yoga. But there's a good chance, dude, for a few minutes, I'm going to be You're not going to be there. Uh... Yoga. But it's cool. I want you to, exp I want it to be thick. I want, yeah. I want there to be a thickness in the room with it. I don't just want a half step. Do you want me to try to communicate with you at all, man? You could do whatever you want, but um, I would say you can definitely ask me questions or whatever, but it, just see what happens. Don't yeah. try to, especially because that would even be hard to do if I was just doing yoga, right? <laughs> right. So like you're already trying to focus on enough. Yeah, I would, I would, I'll, I wouldn't worry about it much. I would just maybe think about, try to enjoy it, have fun and, and record and just focus on trying to capture the moment because we, I, I've gone through this enough times where even if it looks like it's, I'll probably let you know if shit's weird, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I guess the way to look at it is what I typically do is I'll put on an album when it's time to go. Sometimes I'll listen to the whole album and do a practice. And then I'll try to kind of recreate that practice while on DMT. Right. So there's, I have all sorts of ways, but today I'm going to probably hit a little bit, go through the first song of just trying to kind of settle into whatever minor amount, like almost like getting mushroom trip amount. And then after the first song, I do my breath stuff. I do a hit and I will probably try and hold that fucking hit until I am, you know, so that's what we're about to do. Um, when we record a second part of this, it might be released as a part two. Um, it might just be an extension oh, yeah. to this episode, but... Uh, yeah, because we haven't even gotten into the DMT experience. That was a good one, too. Yeah, perfect. So um, 
let's go ahead and, and take a break. And this will either be the end of this episode and we'll pick up on the next episode or you are about to hear the recap slash maybe more talk, but we'll see what time it is and how stuff goes. But either way, I'm going to have Adam back more frequently and talk about a bunch of different stuff. So cool. Yeah, um, I appreciate that, man. Yep. We don't, we'll, we'll wrap it up at the, at the end of our next chat. So we're going to take a little break. So I'm just going to record this on my phone in a conversation between me and Adam. We got done um, in the session, and I guess I'll give my quick little recap of, of what happened and not get too specific because if I do ever post a video or something like that, I can cover more. And I do like to keep a little bit of it kind of sacred, but the idea of the practice, and I went about it like this. I started, you know, standing. I did a little hit. I moved around a little bit, got into like a downward dog-ish position, plank-ish position, and just kind of loosened my body up and started getting in tune with the idea of gravitating towards um, feelings of, you know, just whatever, like, like less tension, less pain maybe is initially, maybe I'm looking for pain in the body. And then I'm just kind of letting it unfold. I guess it's a lot like looking for pain. Um, but that might be an extreme word, but it's the most of that that you can find. So even if you don't feel at pain, you just start looking for directions of like unwinding that feeling of uh, tension or whatever in the body um, and becoming like a balanced feeling of like, maybe I'll think of my arm and I'll think my shoulders kind of torqued a certain direction. I can feel tension in my shoulder. So it feels a lot like unwinding. And, and the, the idea, I guess, is... Uh, you know, I try to think about the idea of undoing my life and I'm, I'm not, obviously once I did more, which was only like about five minutes in, four minutes in, I was only so cognizant. Um, but I mean, I did two hits and my first one, like it, it was really, things were changing. Like things were kind of waving. Like I had moments where, you know, like life's like crickling in your head a little bit. And then I somehow went for a second hit, and now that we're talking about it, I didn't remember this earlier. I remember, the, and I almost made a joke, but I couldn't talk, which is that it's always something, dude. Like, you're going through, of course, the lighter at that exact time, and it was, like, sparking, right? Yeah. So I could barely see what I was doing, and I knew the lighter wasn't working, but, like, things like that happen a lot when you're doing the <laughs> and you're like, is it me? Is it the fact that I'm fucked up, or is it really the lighter right now, and you, like, don't know? Well, Adam brought me a lighter. I did more and then I, I really don't remember much other than just the way in which I held my breath. It's like, I feel like it makes me keep more breath in, I lock it in and then when I, I, there's like nothing to exhale. So I'm like holding my breath, waiting to breathe out, but eventually I don't need to breathe out. And when I go to breathe, it almost feels like it's time to breathe in. Yeah, so when, when I was watching that part, I, I think I'd heard you tell me about something like this before. It's like you weren't imagining that, like you were not that fucked up. When, when you took that fucking breath, I want to say on the exhale, there was nothing. Nothing. Like I just, I just, I watched you and I was like, holy shit, like how long is he going to fucking hold his breath here for? And then I remember you telling me about this, like there's some times where you just hold your breath for so long and nothing comes out. Yeah. So it's a mixture of that. Yeah. Th that I have a lot of memories of that where it's like, you go to breathe out 
and and nothing's there and you're like and it's sometimes it's the biggest hits and it's like whipping really white in the chamber sometimes and you're like 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 even the most yellowish like real smoky and then it's like oh my god where did my lid go <laughs> where did it go because yeah. every other hit it blows the same amount of smoke out same amount of, it's not like it's it's not like it's a dissipating amount of smoke it's not like like it's either all or nothing. It's it's a weird phenomenon that when it happens, it's not like it's in varying degrees. It's like whoa, that was just a little bit of smoke. This one I don't remember there being absolutely nothing, but I remember feeling like I no longer had anything to exhale literally in my lungs, which is two yeah, different sort yeah. of phenomenons, you know. But then from there, yeah, it's a lot like it just feels like I'm undoing. Maybe it makes me like in retrospect at the time I'm not thinking of it, but it, so right, like, and this might be wrong, but I imagine it makes me think of things like, you know, I always sit on the side of the chair or the, 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 the couch that has an armrest on one side and that's going to shift my shoulders a little bit. It might shift my body. And if I carry tension and if I tense up, I'm going to get really used to that position, right? So I almost like I, it, it very much feels like I'm going backwards from the imbalance that I have. Now, granted, I do practice these sorts of things. Like it looked natural. It looked yeah. like, like, so even the first time when you took the first hit, it, it was, I don't know, it just looked like you practicing yoga. That was it. Right. It looked very like deliberate. But the second, whereas it was abstract, it was very natural though. It was, yeah, it, the first it one looked was very, deliberate. yeah. Um, so yeah, it looked much more natural, I think, the after afterwards. And that was just, you know, you like you said, what following your energy. Right. Right. Yeah, um and it and it lasted uh the whole the whole time recording I would say it was about thirty minutes. Um, at least twenty five minutes. I would say at least twenty minutes I was probably very much out there between the little chunk in the beginning where I was only so feeling it, the last few minutes at the end. Um, and then it probably took a couple minutes for me to begin hitting it. I bet you about 15, 20 minutes guaranteed. I was very much not, I, I described it. It's like, I'll suddenly be aware of something. Something will make me think of something. The performance was something. I definitely kept thinking about that. Uh, you know, the fact that I was in fact performing for you, not that it's a performance where, I mean, it's always a performance, right? If I'm practicing for myself, that same, uh, if you're not following a feeling and you're following a thought, it does feel like the same thing you would do in a performance that you're aware of. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, even if I was practicing myself, I would, it's almost like an act, like you're trying to do something, you're trying to imitate something, you're trying. So uh, there are moments where... You're trying to Im imitate the genuine aspects that you've seen before. Yeah, something like that. Exactly, where your goals, you're trying to like see certain arbitrary goals that you have. Like expectations almost. Yeah, of, of where to go, what to do. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. Well, I'll, I'll say this. It's like suddenly you'll realize what's going on and you'll realize what you're doing. You'll realize that you're like opening your throat a weird way. So you start to do it. And this, oh my God, I'm so glad I thought of this. I've never really said this out loud. But I remembered it there, and I've remembered it a lot of times. But but then tomorrow when I'm thinking of DMT trips, I won't think of it. So it's good I thought of this. There's a voice in my head, and it says, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. When I'm going in the right direction. When I'm doing, when I'm like deliberately doing something. Dude, the entire practice is like, yep, yep, yeah, 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 oh, oh, oh. 
it's like little, little like, like, like voice in my head coaxing me, telling me yes, 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 over and over. And then I'll be aware, whoa, I just wound up and like I said, like for some reason, as I was winding down and like kind of coming into a perfect sensation of feeling, yeah. I wind up in this seated pose with my arms by my side. I realized that I was like in this bridge position that reminds me of other things that I've seen, whether it's a fucking YouTube video or yeah. it's, a, or it's a, a yoga pose that you know, or like the Alexander method. Like it's funny because all these things I know about start coming out of me. It's erupting out of me. I'm not thinking it. I'm aware. I'm like watching it happen cognizant enough to where I realize what I'm being inspired to do. And then from there, sometimes it becomes more deliberate. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious, like what, what part I'm trying to think, when did you first figure out you could do shit on TMT? I think that's like my question for uh, you. Like when, when was that? Like, so, um, I tried, you know, I think the, one of the first things I did was I shadow boxed on it. Um, it was probably around my first fight camp that I started experimenting more in that way. I had a couple times like stood up and walked to a different room or I like wanted to see like early on, I wanted to see what I was capable to do. And then you definitely figure it out in the middle stages, probably going to get more needing to load more into it while you're still kind of dripping, but you want to like go in deeper. Yeah. Um, those are all moments I can remember. Almost like you're forced into it, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, yeah. listen, you got to open your eyes at some time. Like go yes. get this other fucking hit. Yeah. So like there are I times like that, but here's the question. I wonder if that is the drug teaching you how you can use it because the, the ancient, uh, or the South Americans and shit like that, they, all the time they tell the story about how the plant told them. Right. The plant told them how you were supposed to use me, right? Somebody had a fucking dream, a shaman exactly. had a dream. So, you know, who's not to say, this is the plant teaching you through, through habit and such that that is how you can use the plant. I would say that- Or the, you, the camera. Absolutely, and I've had things along the line where the experience has told me something to change about the way I go yeah. about it. Like I said earlier, quite literally, one time I was balls deep in like a very crazy trip, exactly what I was doing. And there was a moment where like this little thing, like, like, or this, this, this part of my trip took a moment to stop and say, Hey dude, by the way, you can make like, a, not like almost like cast a spell over your DMT and it'll change your experience. And it showed me like it, the image I had in my head was like a person, like a little person, like pointing their finger, almost like cartoon, like over top of the bong and like, bah, 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 like saying the spell. And it was showing me how to do it. It was showing me you loaded in and you, not, not that I, my, the, what I took from that as long as I came in with the awareness, it would have the effect, but quite literally, I would go about it like that. I would be, all right, point my finger a few times, say my intention after I load the DMT in, before I cover it up, or at some point before I light it. Once it's been lit, I don't cast new intention on it. I only cast new intention on new DMT. I have like my own system. It's my own, it's my own, uh, uh, whatever you call it. It's, it's a practice, but there's like another word. I want to say, it's, it's, I guess it's like ceremonial. Yeah. Ritualistic 
It's my own ritual. Yeah. Yeah, ritual. I, yeah, that's probably. And it just comes through times of practice. I didn't plan it all out and then see it through. That's the thing. It'd be hard for somebody to mimic this, but they could begin practicing and they could begin doing their own thing. And then like, find their own through that. Yeah. I mean, just like, yeah. okay, to tie into religion, right? I think, like, from that perspective, the... The relationship is personal. The relationship that you have is personal. This is how you end up doing it. You can show somebody how to do that. You can show me how to do these rituals and whatnot. But once I start doing them, I will find my own because I will have my own relationship with it. Right. Right. So I might have something completely different. Exactly. But I, but I started where you were because you told me about your experience. And then from there, I can find out what I'm going to have and then probably pass it on. And that's it. So like Christianity here, we can tell you that there is a God, you know, but the relationship that you have with that God, you know, is up to you. Yeah. We're not going to fucking, we can't dictate it down to a T. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I think but, of it like this. If you're about to start doing it, you have two things and you already have them. You already have two things. You have ideas and you have questions. You come up with some ideas and if you don't know something and something makes you question it, well, what, what should I do this or how should I go about that? You ask the question and you come up with a solution yeah. and then you begin. It's as simple, like, like you yeah. just combine a few ideas. Okay, maybe I'll play music. All right, what kind of music would I want to play? Maybe I'll play music I loved when I was a kid. Okay, that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll play a chrono, chrono, chronological beginning to end. Maybe it'll be a mixed thing. Maybe I'll play tones, you know. Uh, I, I do it to like chakra tones or something, yeah. right? So I'll put on an yeah, hour Yeah, pretty fantastic. Yeah, so, so whatever. So that, that covers music. Well, then what could be another question? Well, if I want to begin to practice, what should I do? Well, what do you already do? Oh, I play guitar. Okay, well, let's make it about guitar. If you don't want it to be complicated, why don't you just make it holding the guitar? Why don't you just make it moving around and pretending to play it or not even having it plugged in? Like, like, let's just get a feel for holding this thing and connecting to it and the way it feels to grip it and how to make it more artistic, how to make it more connected, because that's what's going on. It's the connection. It's where you're making contact with the guitar that the magic happens, right? And then the way you are in relationship to it and the way, you know, that really is the driving force. So like, all right, I want to do that. And they think, is there anything else I need to think of before this practice? Oh, how do I want to do the dosage? Well, maybe I'll start small and, and then build from there. I can always do more hits. So do a little hit, play it. Maybe I say I'll do a song. At the end of every song, I ask myself, do I want to do more? <laughs> yes or no? Yeah. Boom. There's your practice. That's awesome. And then you just try your best and it doesn't matter if it goes exactly to plan. And then by the time you've done it a lot, it's easier to do than if you weren't doing that. That's crazy. That's the thing. What did you say about my second part? It was more natural. It's more natural. I'm good at yeah. that. I'm better at that. Yeah. I'm better at that practice. I've done it more. That's crazy. That's great, dude. <laughs> I've, I've done it more than deliberately trying to find that. Yeah, right, right. Which, I mean, when and I, I mean, like I've had similar experiences on mushrooms, not to that level in any way, but like just so you're following the energy and everything and, uh, oh, fuck. Thought gone. Uh, yeah, um, you said you've had some things happen like that where you're like following the energy or uh, on mushrooms. Like, you know, I guess you're talking about whether it's like stretching or, or thoughts or ways you feel meditation. I'm not sure what you were doing, but. Yep, nope, not sure I was going to go down. I guess the only other thing, because, uh, you know, I'll have you, we'll, we'll, every time you could, we hang out, I don't care if we do a conversation. But, um, so we'll talk uh, more. But, the thing about it is it's like, as far as the practice goes over time, 
it, it, it's like picking up where you left off once you do it. So like I might not have a good idea of what's going to happen, but in the moment it's like it doesn't necessarily pick off exact pick up exactly where you left off, but you remember what it's like to be that way once you're that way. You're aware of the history, you're aware of the process that you are going through. So I might not be able to realize what is about to happen, but once I'm there, it's so easy to I just tell myself I know what I'm gonna I, I'm going to know what to do once I'm there because I've done it so many no, times. I used to not know what to do. I used right. to be scared. Dude, I have memories of like if I went harder than this, like let's say I like, I don't know, I did a good bit, but let's say I just went balls to the wall because a lot of times it would be about doing as much as I could and then I would notice that I was wanting to do this shit. I was yeah. like wanting to move my body in a weird way and uh, my, uh, my roommate told me at the time it looked like somebody was giving me a Thai massage. Yeah. Like, like, like it looked like parts of my body were being dug into almost. And I was like moving weird. And this was like, it was kind of like what you looked at, but probably less methodical. It was probably more like in the beginning stages of like working on my body in a weird way, you know, and getting the mechanics down and it only, you only improve your practice. Well, anyway, that's when, um, oh, when I would go hard as fuck, I remember I would like be looking at like a dragon-like thing and it would almost like have its arm out like, come on, keep doing this. And as I would twist, it was like coaxing me in the directions to go insanely. Like I had like crazy beings like trying to get me to do a thing and then I'd like watch like this crazy thing, like do a bunch of front flips and about to like do a slam dunk while it's on skis, like this crazy looking <laughs> thing. And like as I'm about to like land this magic trick, I almost like I have a lot of memories of not quite being able to do it right like I'm lining up my body I'm twisting my arms turning this way I'm watching it unfold like this is what I'm supposed to do I'm staying within the lines it's about the bowl of strike or like I'm uh, it's like this magic moment where everything's gonna fall into alignment and if I just can move my head back yeah. oh, and then it kind of like falls it's like Jenga or building a card house right and and it, it inevitably I have so many memories of, of going towards this thing through body movement and unwinding and it's like it's and I feel like I'm so close dude I feel like I get further and further eventually I'm going to wind up be in a seated position breathe the fuck in and I'm there and and that's the one thing I'll say I, I have memories of being there I have memories of hitting the jackpot I have memories of you breathe a certain way yep breathe in kind of like hollow out your head uh, balance your ears like like you're like cupping this thing fill up with the air you're a balloon boom next thing you know everything turns into a ball of red energy travels up your spine yeah. you're like vibrating yeah and like you know you like become this thing for a minute and then you slowly kind of come out of it sometimes it'll be like your hip feels like it's unfolding like like your left hips just dropping and dropping and it almost feels like a fruit roll up rolling down and you're like oh my god oh my god and then there's a voice in your head oh my god you're about to do it this moment's going to change your life this moment's going to change your life and then boom you're there and you're like whoa and it like it's like the feeling of life dissipates and it's almost like somebody gave you like you don't realize how much, it's almost like a muscle relaxer times kazillion is what you would imagine. Like yeah. just, you're going in the opposite direction of one. You're turning off so much that it feels so good to just let go. It's like relaxed times a million, almost too much relaxed. Yeah. It's like, it's like the op, it's like a new type of, it's like flexing the muscle of relaxation in an intense way. And uh, that is probably, those moments are probably what maybe 
if I come to anything like that through other means, I would just call it reaching whatever people were talking about when they talk about like a nirvana-like thing, an enlightened state. And then it's fleeting and you start to become back close to the way you were. Hopefully you're a little bit closer though. That's what I think it is. It's like, it's like you just, all you can do is bridge the gap. Yeah. You become something else. You're aware of that. And now you inevitably adapt to those circumstances. You adapt to that way. And it's just a small percentage of who you've been. And it's going to represent itself in your future in a, in a smaller scale thing. Well, that's, that's the whole yeah. brain's purpose, right? The brain's purpose is to adapt to keep us to be able to survive. And so right. when we start introducing things like psychedelics and positive thought behind it, then what are you going to do? You're going to be going on that roller coaster now. Right. Right. Oh, so like I, you know what? We got to end this. Con I forgot my buddy. Uh, actually, we can talk another minute and then I'll cut it off. I need to see what time it was. But like, you know, through practice and through trying to emulate these things in a completely different state, you're altering your consciousness. You're altering the way that you see life completely. Right. Right. And so I don't, there are a couple of different religious texts out there that talk about thousands of different states of consciousness. Thousands. They've named them. They've fucking named them. So the things that you and I are doing through psychedelics and through these practices by combining them and whatnot, I feel like we're escalating the process. So, you know, whereas this is what you've done on DMT, I've done something extremely similar on psilocybin. And so from this, I think we are, like, we are achieving different states of consciousness at that point. Right. Oh, a million percent, man. You know? I, I mean, I, I don't 100% know exactly what it is or could categorize it, but I'm loving the shit out of and, it. And let's say this. If, if somebody is willing to completely listen and try to understand somebody else, and then they're willing to practice, we're planting seeds and sharing with others how to expand their experience based off of what our experience. As long as people are willing to relate, understand, be interested in... Open, again, open up to the idea. You've got to be interested in others and interested in relating to others and understanding where others are coming from. It's got to be a huge part of it in order to be so inspired um, to to create new practice because it's going to be hard if it's just... Yeah. You're going to come up with something if you're on your own. But like the, the way we can just share and, ex and, and give people ideas. Oh, insane. yeah. So think, think about this. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today. Uh, you know, these monks, there's, there's histories of, of monks when they do these internal practices, they all run off to, you know, the woods or a cave for like a year or two, and they come back and they discover some sort of practice, right? Um, they do, they, they disappear, and I think what's happening at that point is they're learning how to feel their energy. And through feeling their energy, they figure out how the body's naturally supposed to move. Through learning how the body is naturally supposed to move, you can actually create a form from it, kind of like exactly what you were doing. It's just we get to, uh, it's enhanced through DMT or psilocybin, and we can feel the energy easier so we don't have to go sit in a cave for two years. We can go on these, you know, trips and start and look for it there where it's more pronounced. And we can find our own practices just like they did because there was a time when none of these practices exist. There had to be a first. There always has to be a first, no matter what it is. There always has to be a first. So if there was a first person that felt energy and decided that yoga was the proper way to move or this was the proper way to move. Um, but um, so if there was a first with someone else, why can't we be that first? Why can't we right. be that first for us? You know, but it's trusting yourself, trusting your intuition, feeling these things out and saying that they exist first and foremost, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but once you do, and you do start feeling these things out, I think, yes, you can absolutely create your own practices extraordinarily unique to you, but it can also work for other people. Yeah. But you, if, 
Like anyone can do the movement. Anybody can do the movement. Exactly. Anyone can fucking do these movements. I mean, this like, it, there's nothing to them. It's literally a mechanic of the body that it already does. It is the energy, the thought, the intent. It is everything behind it. And so once you feel that naturally, right? Once you know that it's there, right? You could almost, you could almost say that this energy exists um, inherently, right? So there's energy all around us that we can and can't see and um, mostly can't, right? Uh, but it's all gonna be vibrating at different frequencies. And so depending on your movement and your own EMF or whatever, your own actual vibrational frequency, um, I, I would imagine you could navigate the vibrations that are going through there. So have you ever seen it? I'm gonna to try to break down for you even more so you kind of can picture what I'm saying. Have you ever seen when they put like sand on a speaker and they vibrate it at a certain frequency and you get mm -hmm. a geometric pattern from it? Imagine that invisibly going all throughout the universe, right, that we can't see. Um, and through some of these movements, you can actually push your body through different frequencies, collecting different types of energy, possibly, um, which would correlate to the movement of energy. But the first person who had to do it would have had to sense it. The second person to do it would have had to learn the movements and they would sense that vibration or the movement that it's supposed to go with. Right. So, but once again, there had to be a first, the person that felt it, and then from there, they could introduce that to another human being and then they could learn to feel it through that. But yeah. it wouldn't be as genuine or as authentic as the first. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes, that makes uh, total sense. Um, it, it definitely is kind of what's happening, you know, or that's what happens when you do that sort of thing. But I mean, I think it definitely can be seen through other practices too. It doesn't need to be, this is like a way that anything fucking works. Like if, if that is vibration and geometry, what, what is not? I think everything yeah. is. Right. So it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's definitely not an isolated practice. It's something that goes on all the time. Yeah. You can be unlocked in any sort of dynamic i don't know um i do we do need to wrap this up uh i got something swinging through in a minute but i mean not in a minute you don't have to literally leave the second but i'm gonna wrap up yeah, this phone. yeah. and uh so thank you adam yeah um, thanks for having me like that was, that was a really cool experience uh it's always a good time chatting with you brother hell yeah awesome talk soon thank All you right. guys